Hi, welcome to another episode of Experiencing Motherhood Single and Black. I am your host, Kim, and I'm so excited that you have decided to tune in and listen. If this is your very first time, welcome. If you are a part of the community, welcome back. I appreciate each and every one of you. If you missed out on the last episode, you should definitely go back and check it out. I got a chance to chat with Diana of Money Boss Mama about ending the check to check cycle. I know that is something that we all talk about. I polled the moms on Instagram once before and money was one of the biggest issues for single moms. But I tell you, if Diana was able to end the check the check cycle, you can too. She gave us so many great tips on how to get our finances in order. So I highly suggest that you go check it out. Today, I am chatting with Christine all about balancing life and work. I know that is also a struggle that a lot of single moms have. Trying to just do it all alone. And what you'll find out is that it's impossible. But without further ado, let's hop right on into this episode. Hi, Christine. Welcome to the show. I am so excited to have you on today. How are you doing? I'm doing good, Kim. Thank you for having me on. You are welcome. Can you take a moment to just tell the listeners a little bit about yourself? Sure. So I am a writer, um, an author, and marketing strategist. I educate brands uh, and advertising agencies on how to connect to Black consumers and millennial mom consumers. I write about Black women and moms in the workplace for Forbes and Time and a few other different publications. And I have two books. The first, a children's book called Can Mommy Go to Work? And the second book, Mom as Fuck, which is obviously not for moms, um, but it is an enjoyable read as well. (laughs) That's awesome. So how many kids do you actually have, Christine? I have two. I have an eight-year-old girl and a four-year-old boy. Okay, awesome. So today I wanted to talk about balancing work and life as a single mom. So how do you define balance? Because when I think of balance, I think of a scale, right? And I think of weight on each side and it's actually having the scale to where it's balanced out. How do you define it? Yeah, I do, I defined it. Um, when I think of work-life balance, I think of having it all. And I once said on a podcast that the, I think the only way for a mother to have it all is to go to the store and buy a bottle of all detergent. It just does <laughs> not exist. There is no perfect work-life balance. There are times that you're not spending as much time with the kids for work. Um, and there are times when your work is pushed to the side because you need to walk away from the company and recharge and practice self-care and have time with your children. It all ebbs and flows. But I do think what helps with work-life balance is just being open and honest and communicating when you need help at work and, and personally. And I think that that's something that mothers struggle with. Therefore, they struggle with work-life balance. Yes, I totally agree. So when we talk about some ways that you know, moms can begin to integrate work and life. What do you think that looks like? Yeah, so um, I'm able to balance work and motherhood because of my family and friends. You know, I communicate when I need help. They're willing to pick up and drop off kids for a few hours while I work or, or have a good article. And I feel like because I have a good support system that, you know, I'm able to 
balance a little bit easier sometimes. Um, and I do think that the support system should be aware of, um, it, it should be customized for the mother. So for example, um, I, even though my aunt was an excellent mother to her children, she customizes the care of my kids uh, versus how she parented. So I try to make sure that my kids have healthy snacks. I'm vegan. So anytime I can give them plant-based substitutes, I try to do that. And my aunt is very aware of that. So it's almost like it's so it's such customized care. It's almost like they're always with their mother, which yes. makes me feel good, you know? Uh -huh. And then um, when it comes to work, I have a flexible work schedule. I'm very open and honest about the fact that my children come first, but I am passionate about my career. And I think that my job also does a great job of allowing me to, uh, to have flexible work, to customize myself there. Yes, that's awesome. So when you say be open, I think a lot of moms struggle with this. I yeah. remember we got a new director and I had to let him know that not necessarily that I was a single mom, but that I was the only parent that my daughter had. And so, like you said, she came first and I communicated that and we've had a great working relationship, but I think moms are afraid to sit down and have that conversation. Do you have any tips, you know, to help them with that? Um, yeah. So as far as being able to have that communication, I think that it's just a matter of feeling comfortable as a mother and understanding that motherhood doesn't hurt your career. And I think that a lot of women consider being a mom to be a handicap in the workplace and they don't feel confident in the fact that they are a mother. It's unfortunate because I always say mother didn't hurt my career, it helped it. And it's okay to be defined um, as the mother in the office or defined by motherhood because you know, it shows that you are more patient, you have more insight, you are willing to be a leader. Motherhood shows leadership ability, it shows your problem solving skills, the fact that you can assess situations and look at all possible solutions, because that's motherhood on a daily basis. So I think once women become a little bit more comfortable about vocalizing the fact that they are mothers in the workplace, having that conversation is a lot easier. Yes, that is good. Now, Christine, have you always had a great support system or did you have to build it? So I was married. Um, I got divorced officially this year. Uh, and when my children were much younger, my husband, my ex-husband was a good support system. Um, once we separated, obviously we separated for reasons of him not being able to be a good support system over time. Um, he, he battles with depression and his own substance abuse issues. But my aunt, Throughout even uh, being married, my aunt has always been a great support system for me. And that didn't change once I separated. And in fact, it kind of got, you know, magnified as well as uh, my, my mother, my father, uh, my brother as well as a great uncle. So um, I, I feel like it, it, I've always had the support system. It just, it just changed from, you know, one person dropped out of it, basically. Okay. Now, what about for those moms? Because I know they are going to be listening and they don't actually have a support system at all right now. Do you have any tips for building a support system? I know you said you sort of always had it, but, you know, maybe yeah. if you could think what would life be like, you know, if you had to start from scratch. 
Yeah, of course. And I think that that goes back to the open and honest communication and finding a tribe online and trying to connect with those folks offline too. That's the beautiful thing about social media now is that there are so many different meetup groups. And um, I even have a friend who has started single black mom travel group in DC. So there are so many oh, different- Oh, wow. Meetups. I'm going to write that down. Well, that's awesome. Yeah. 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 So uh, just for a single black moms to be able to travel together with their kids, which I think is such a beautiful thing. And so it many- different groups like that exist so as long as the mom can find an online tribe um, and then just connect with those women very openly very honestly they're going through the same things you're going through um, and connect offline as well and maybe you guys can alternate times where um, you're sharing babysitting I do that I my cousin is my best friend and she's not a single black mom but there are days where I can see that she might need a break so I take my nephews um, I'm sorry one, one of my nephews and um, give her that break you know um, I just think that that's probably the best way for those kind of moms um, who don't have you know the support of family or friends because that happens I hear that um, but it's a beautiful thing now with so many women being able to connect online so I just encourage them to do that Yes, yes. That's one of the things I often talk about as well. The Facebook mom groups, those are helpful too. meet up, even like Instagram. I think, you know, searching yeah. a hashtag, you know, single black mom or single moms, you can find a lot of moms there and just randomly DM them. Like right. people actually respond. It's like either they're going to open your message and respond or they're not like, it's okay <laughs> if they don't. You right. know? I think um, we just have to be okay with that. Right. But uh, you also mentioned uh, making time for self-care. I think a lot of moms struggle in this area too. And so when you talk about self-care, what does that look like for you? So for me, self-care changes every month. I have a monthly invite on my calendar that says um, basically self-care time, but inside of the invite, I'll change it up. So it might be going to get a manicure and pedicure. It might be going to my therapist. It might be going to get a massage and it might be going to get my hair done. But for me, it's a surprise each month. And I don't know which one it's going to be because I find that if I have it on my calendar and I can see exactly what it's going to be I'll ignore it or delete it or say I'm not gonna do that I'm gonna do work instead or I'm going to run errands for the kids but the fact that um, it's a surprise kind of treat to myself makes me excited about it and makes me take the the time on my calendar more seriously oh that's awesome that's a yeah. great idea so yeah. do you recommend utilizing the calendar helps with you know integrating work and life Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I do. I, I can't imagine my life without my calendar. Because <laughs> I, I recommend that if they're into to-do lists, that they actually put themselves on their calendar. I mean, not on yeah. the calendar, but on the top of their to-do list. So just say, for example, you know, you're typically waking up with your kids, right? So you have no time for yourself. But right. if you took, just say, you started with 15 minutes getting up so that you actually have some peace and quiet before all of the noise starts to happen or you right. increase that to 30 minutes until you get to an hour and you can actually sit and read or you know have a hot bath or something like in silence before the kids get up yes I completely agree I completely agree that you should be making time for yourself on a calendar yes now when these moms are out and they're looking for companies to work for, because I think you said earlier, you know, sometimes you may actually have to leave a company where you can't really 
integrate work and life, right? And so when they are out there job searching, do you think that they should look for companies that promote work-life balance? And how does that look? Absolutely. Absolutely. They definitely should be looking for companies that offer flexible flexible or remote work. Um, And nowadays, companies are very transparent about that because 9,000 babies are born to millennial moms every day, and they realize that that's the, the biggest generation that's in the workforce right now. One of these days, these baby boomers are salty, will start to leave. As far as for moms who are looking for opportunities, companies are posting um, why they are family-friendly place to work, if they have a parenting employee resource group, how they offer flexible or remote work. All of that pretty much now is part of job descriptions. And don't be afraid to ask it because if all of a sudden you become this mother with a crazy schedule once you're hired and you'd never talked about being a mother while you were being interviewed, that that can kind of be deceiving. It also doesn't paint motherhood in a positive light for the rest of us. Um, So just keeping in mind, I find that with mothers, you tend to not add, or with women, we tend to not advocate for motherhood until we become a mother which is unfortunate so the very least that we could do is once we are a mother just make sure we keep holding the door open for other mothers and making things easier for other mothers so just being as vocal and as transparent and and proactive as possible as a mother it it not only helps you but it helps the woman behind you or the woman next to you who's about to be a mother or who is a mother yes that is so true we talk about you know multiple streams of income like I think uh, I don't know if you're familiar with Emma she is a wealthy single mom and she always talks about you know single moms should have multiple streams of income right but sometimes I think the idea of multiple streams of income people get it twisted a little bit and they think like they need to go out and have all of these jobs to where they're clocking in you know and they actually have no life right yeah So what do you have to say about that? Because it's like, oh, well, I work two jobs or I work three jobs and I don't really have time for anything. Right. Uh, Gosh, Um, you have to make time for yourself because what happens is that you burn out. You're so busy. That's kind of, um, I have discussed that before in my Forbes articles. There's this imposter syndrome that inferior, that women, I'm sorry, that people just in inferior situations live with. So women tend to have it. Minorities tend to have it. Mothers tend to have it, obviously, because they're the minority usually in the workplace. But it's this feeling that you are less than or always have to approve your accomplishments um, or you, that you don't deserve your accomplishments. And then that turns into summit syndrome where you're trying to prove those accomplishments. So, so excuse me, that's where you're trying to prove it and you're chasing um, different goals. You're chasing accolades. You're just basically, um, it's like that millennial hustle culture, you know, and, or the grind culture. And then that turns into burnout. And that's why so many millennials today are a part of this burnout generation where you're just exhausted and you didn't make time for yourself and you didn't have that balance. So I think that it's, you, you just have to make time for yourself. You cannot have a calendar full of basically summit syndrome activities like chasing a degree or, or chasing projects without making time for yourself too and recharging. Yes. And do you think when they look for these opportunities, they should actually focus on more things that they can do from home versus like going to clock in to a job, taking more time away from their kids. I remember speaking to a mom 
actually this past week and she was saying how she believes that if you're gonna do a side hustle or if you're gonna get an additional stream of income you should actually do something that aligns with your passion now what is Absolutely. your thought about that. absolutely i think you shouldn't do i mean even your nine to five should be something that you enjoy uh i don't want to leave my nine to five anytime soon because i enjoy the work that i do so much but i do think that if you're going to have a side hustle the last thing that you should do is spend time away from your children doing something that you don't enjoy because that's just so draining yes oh my gosh i have a mom and i got some questions from them but she wrote in and she said how do you avoid burnout, especially when you are a teacher or someone in a related field? Because I think with the teachers, they don't typically have the same type of PTO policies that we have right. you know, just working in corporate. So do you have any tips that you can offer for those teachers out there? Listen, I mean, first of all, let me just say that teachers are doing God's work because if I had to spend eight or nine hours every day with my children you wouldn't be here talking to me right now right? I'd be six feet in the grave oh yeah. my god you deserve all the coins i i advocate for you whenever i can i i'm so thankful for all of your work whoever wrote in i just want you to understand that secondly um i I'm, i don't have all the answers because you do have such a difficult job but if you could, maybe, and this is just like a random idea, but um, I know that a lot of schools are introducing meditation and, and mindfulness to students to help them to calm themselves down and reduce anxiety and just to learn what it means to reflect. Try and sneak that in if you can. <laughs> Uh, sneak that into the curriculum and maybe that'll give you like a good 5, 10, 15 minutes of quiet and, and peace in your day. Um, and, and, and it will help the children too. So I don't know. That's just off the top of my head, but I, I don't have a solution. I apologize for that teacher um, because you do have such a, I, I usually speak from the mindset of private sector and, you know, corporate America. And, and yes, you do have a, a much difficult, a more difficult job, just like nurses. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I remember I volunteered at the school last week and it was around five or six o'clock and those teachers were actually still there. They were meeting and trying oh, to come yeah. up with the curriculum for the next, I mean, you know, what the kids were going to do the next week. So I yeah. was like, wow. And then you right. know, they were talking with like, I guess it was sort of like strategies, right? This worked last week or this didn't work. And I'm like, wow, the dedication and the hours that they put in even after work. It's just, you know, a lot in my hats go out to them. Like you said, like, I'm so thankful, especially those teachers um, who are really passionate about, you know, their kids learning. I, I really appreciate those um right particularly, but also all of them you know because it, it takes a lot yeah absolutely some moms they don't like to utilize their pto and personally i think yeah. this leads to burnout and when i say that yeah. i mean for personal reasons because it's like well i don't want to take off because i don't know if my kid is going to get That's sick right. they have this sort of fear about taking PTO, you know, and yeah. so all they do is work, work, work. And that, like you said earlier, like if you never take out time for yourself, you will be burned out. And so right. I don't know how to put this, but maybe you have some tips for those moms who are afraid, you know, they're afraid of taking their yeah. PTO because, you know, they just don't know what tomorrow might bring. 
can I tell you, I struggle with that. So okay. this, this month, I don't think I'm in the office for a full solid week because I have to burn through so much personal time and there's sick time that I'm losing already. But I had like, I had, I think all of my vacation, the, the, the pot, the benefit of that is that I work for an organization that does have flexible and remote work, but I'm still using and saving my time as if I don't. So I have got to understand, but it's almost like you're just living in a sense of fear and I can't do that because I'm at an organization where I should have an enormous amount of trust for that organization. They've already told me that if something happens, I can have flexible work or remote work, yet I'm still living from a place of fear. And I've got to let go and understand that somebody else is, I can, I can, it's the same thing with work-life balance, like letting go and understanding that friends and family are there and communicating that you need help. I've communicated that I need help, but I'm still acting like I I, I can handle it on my own and that I have to handle it on my own, even professionally. So next year, I'm taking the time to use my personal days because my company has said, it's okay. You know, we've got you if you need flexible or remote work. Um, so, and I've learned that lesson this year, um, especially this month with, you know, burning through these days. Yeah, that's good. And, you know, it's funny because my director, he actually... <laughs> He sent us an email saying that he was taking a day for self-care. Like his wife was actually forcing him to do it because, you know, he didn't write that in the email, but I asked him about it later. I was like, you're taking a day for self-care because, you know, men don't typically do that. No, no. And he said, yes, my wife is making me and I'm starting to feel the burn. And so I was just amazed, you know, because if he can say that, self-care is important like come on <laughs> right right yeah so Absolutely. now we talk about you know this whole work-life balance thing and how it impacts mom guilt right so these moms they feel bad for having to go to work or if they can't get off and show up at a school event or function they can't go volunteer they feel guilty about it how yeah. do you handle mom guilt or what advice do you have to offer I mean, it, it always happens, right? I mean, there's always a reason that we're feeling guilty. We're just, especially as single mothers, because we're trying to overcompensate, whether we do it consciously or subconsciously for the partner that we don't have in the picture. So you're always feeling guilty about not being able to provide for your children emotionally, physically, um, 24 hours of the day. And that's just unrealistic. You know, we, we have to realize that we've got to let them fall. We've got to let them experience pain because they won't know what joy is, uh, if, that, if that makes sense. We have to let them experience not being around 24 hours a day so that they can learn the skill, independent skills and, and, and learn what it means to prioritize. And, and I don't think that it's a bad thing if we have to tell kids, no, I'm sorry, we can't make this Girl Scout meeting, but we'll be at your school for something else. I mean... I think that that shows that that shows them what it means to prioritize and what it means to have responsibilities. And I think it also opens up the conversation of why you work so hard. I mean, it's a part of why I wrote, can mommy go to work, which is yeah, children's book for kids, but it's also for the working mom because they struggle with mom guilt and struggle with having to prioritize or having the conversation about 
prioritizing. Um, the whole idea of the book is that it's three elephants. It's a single mom elephant and her son and daughter. Obviously, my children helped me write the book. And Aww. the mom, yeah, and the mom is getting ready for a big day in the office, okay? So the, and the children are doing whatever they can to help it, quote unquote. So the son pours salt in her coffee instead of sugar. And the daughter is saying, you look okay, but you could look better. And the mother loses it, of course. And she's like, I'm trying to get out the door. And the kids are like, well, we know you are. And we know that this is a big day because it's your first day in the office as a boss. And we just wanted to contribute to your big day. So the mom tells the kids that, you know, they're in her heart and they'll always be a part of her big day. And then they see her off to work. But I think that that book is helping my, and it has five-star reviews on Amazon. It's been on a lot of holiday book lists um, and mothers love it but the kids love it too and I think it's because it helps moms have the conversation about mom guilt with their kids and why sometimes they have to prioritize work over some of the some of the you know and I don't think any mother will miss the important tasks and, and when they do they probably are having those conversations with the kids but for some of the smaller activities that kids like to do like routine meetings and stuff like that when moms have to miss that um, it helps them have the, that conversation oh that's so good I will actually link that book in the show notes that way the moms can go pick that up because I know it will help a lot of them yeah yeah and um, thank you yeah you're welcome. So any other tips that you have, Christine, for those moms who may be struggling with work and life, you know, balancing the two? Just remember, it doesn't exist. <laughs> I think that that's the biggest, I, that, I just so the only thing is that I want them to remember is that it doesn't exist and communicate, communicate, communicate when you need help with friends, with family, with your tribe, with your employer, just communicate. Don't live in this myth of work-life balance and you being able to handle it all because there's a reason that the saying is it takes a village to raise a child yes I always like to point out that we are a lot of times doing the jobs of two people you know and so I always say give yourself grace you know it is okay right, right. awesome so let everybody know where they can find you and connect and then tell us about your other book too because I'm interested to hear what it's about Sure. So you can find me at Christine Michelle, M-I-C-H-E-L, Carter.com. And I am C. Michelle Carter at C-M-I-C-H-E-L-C-A-R-T-E-R on Twitter and Instagram and just Christine Michelle Carter on Facebook. Um, so Mom is Fuck is a, a novel and it's loosely based on my life and some of uh, just things that I've written about in articles. And it's a sister circle in a book. That was my primary goal is because moms don't communicate. I was kind of like, fuck it. I'm going to put my life out there and show people that we're all alike, no matter of if you're a single mom or a married mom, because halfway throughout the, through the book, I become separated um, because I'm trying to handle everything on my own and be a type A mom and try to apply those same types of principles to my marriage. And it just doesn't work. Um, it deals with infidelity. It deals with substance abuse. It deals with envy and envy in other couples. It deals with raising kids. Um, it deals with being a mom in corporate America. It's a hilarious read. It's meant to be funny, but it is meant to, and it's not meant to tell you how to run your life or anything like that. It's just supposed to be a moment where moms can laugh and just say, I get you and you get me. And this is just your moment to feel like there's somebody in your corner. Really, that's all I wanted. 
Oh, that's so good. I'm going to have to go and purchase a copy. And like I said, for the other book, I'll link this one in the show notes too. That way they can find both of them right away. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for taking out the time to chat with me today. I really appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having me. You are welcome. All right. I hope you enjoyed this episode with Christine. She definitely dropped a lot of gems and I just wanted to do a quick recap For those of you who have been trying to find this complete balance between work and life, it does not exist. You have to find ways to integrate the two. So we like to call it work-life integration. Make time for yourself. I always talk about putting yourself at the top of your to-do list and Christine gave us a great idea of actually scheduling some type of self-care on her calendar monthly where she is actually leaving work or getting out of the house and doing something for herself. If you do not have community or a support system, begin to develop it. There are so many resources out here. You can go online to meetup.com. You can join a Facebook mom group. You can search hashtags on Instagrams. There's numerous ways and you just have to step outside of your comfort zone and begin to reach out to people. We have single mom chat each and every Thursday night with the exception of this Thursday because it's Thanksgiving, but you can actually meet moms there. You will be surprised how many moms have actually connected in single mom chat. I normally ask people to drop their locations in the comments so that way people can know where they are joining from and they connect just like that. I also have the single mom directory where you can find moms in your state. That is helpful. If you're interested in that, you can go to singleblackmotherhood.com backslash support and I'll put the link in the show notes as well. Utilize your PTO. That is so important. I know we talked about the fear of things happening after We take our PTO, but I'm a firm believer in utilizing the time that they give us. I normally take a trip once a year, every year, whether it's with my friends or alone. I believe there are just so many benefits in taking off and using that PTO. And there have been studies to prove it as well. So, you know, it's important. And then it also minimizes that mom guilt that a lot of you have. I don't really have mom guilt because I know that I have to work and I do what I can to show up for my daughter. But for those of you who do, that would actually help. So that's my recap. If you enjoyed this episode, please take a moment to leave a review if you're listening on Apple Podcasts. You can also rate the podcast there. If you're listening over on SoundCloud, drop me a comment and let me know what you thought. Also, feel free to share this episode with a mom who is struggling with the idea of work-life balance and feeling like she needs to have it all together. Whether single or married, I think we all can benefit from this information. You can connect with me over on Instagram at Single Black Motherhood. Like us on Facebook, Single Black Motherhood. And check out the website, singleblackmotherhood.com. Thank you guys so much for listening. I really appreciate you taking out the time to do so. And until next time, I'll talk to you guys later. Bye.